we're finally getting to a case that normal people can understand. The porn star stuff is kind of like mm, weird and more about his family than anything else. Uh, stealing documents and kind of showing them to your friends is wrong and somebody who worked in the White House, I'd be in jail for doing that. But that, all that stuff is kind of feels not that important to a normal person. But we're finally down to business. We're finally down to the stuff that's going to have Donald Trump in the history books as being probably the most dangerous president ever. Uh, Van Jones on CNN, an Obama administration official who formerly, at least, identified as a communist, just like Barack Obama's CIA director, John Penitentiary Face Brennan. Yeah, he's the most dangerous president in America, not Joe Biden with his money from China. China, Romania, Ukraine, tens of billions for Ukraine and their war effort. No war under President Trump. Peace in the Middle East, the Abraham Accords. Oh, the Democrats, of course, are the anti-Israel party. Just don't point out that they're anti-Semites for being anti-Israel. No, 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 but if you point out that George Soros is funding left-wing radical lawyers as prosecutors across the country, then they'll call you an anti-Semite and then uh, call for Hamas to take over Israel. You know, because that's your Democrat party. Pretty amazing stuff, I got to say. And uh, Van Jones, is he a former communist? Can you really ever be a former? I think you can actually be a former communist, but I've never heard him say that he's a former communist. I'm just aware of him. And, of course, the Obama administration said, oh, we, we've been keeping an eye on him. We know he's a communist and you know, probably a Saul Alinsky guy. Delete probably. Definitely a Saul Alinsky guy. So we've got, uh, we got that. And I need to get to the anti-Semitism uh, today as well. And the Jason Aldean song that, um, uh, 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 that the left is attacking and calling him racist and everybody's racist because everybody's always racist except for, you know, the party of the Confederacy and the Klan and Jim Crow. That's the Democrat Party. Never mind that. So it's also mailbag day. Today is mailbag day because it's Wednesday. It's hump day in the Clinton household, as we know. And it's mailbag day here on the uh, Chris Plant Show um, where we seek out the truth and we tell the truth. And I got to tell you all the things, you know, I was, and I, I assume others were as well, but I was, you know, calling them out on the, uh, how they were counting COVID deaths. I was calling them out on, on the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And, um, and you know, you, you, you get, uh, it, it becomes an issue and it became an issue. Uh, those things became an issue. Uh, but uh, I knew that it was true at the time because it was obvious. And I'm pretty good when it comes to things that are obvious. It's one of my areas. Because I've been cutting through the BS in this town for a long time now, and, and it's hard to get stuff by me at this point. And, and I was happy to call them out uh, and to use their own words. I used their own words. And I just noticed things that uh, it seems a lot of, uh, people that self-describe as journalists allowed to slip by. As I like to say, the most insidious power the media has is the power to ignore, and they ignore a lot. Like the the way they're counting COVID deaths and the Wuhan Institute of Oh, no, the wet market. 
It's the poor people in Wuhan and the middle class that inflicted this. Not the people that are playing with bat-borne coronaviruses in a laboratory environment and engaging in gain-of-function research. Not them. Don't look to them just because Anthony Fauci and his organization provided money to them. And then they lied to us about that, too, didn't they? Yes, they did. So I was right again, wasn't I? It's, it's, I was going to say it's not easy being right this often, but actually it is easy being right this often. I find it quite easy because I'm good at this. <laughs> All right, let's go. We got some uh, mailbag. Let's go to some mailbag. But there's still a lot more to get to. Uh, but today is Wednesday and it's mailbag day. And uh, Kevin Tober of uh, the Great Media Research Center and of the Chris Plant Show provided me with the the queries today, which are like questions, but Democrats like them better. Query number one from Susan White. That's not a racial reference. As one born and raised Chicagoan to another, the big question is, Cubs or Sox? Cubs or Sox? I... Uh, I've got to. I've got to say, I'm a, I'm a Cubs fan. I'm a Wrigley Field fan. I'm a Cubs fan. Uh, my one of my best friends growing up, um, Bruce Calvetti. Calvetti, huge White Sox fan. Uh, grew up to be a season ticket holder to the White Sox and worked in the stockyards on the south side of Chicago. J.C. Calvetti meets and um, father, World War II Marine, all that good stuff. But uh, I grew up a Cubs fan. I grew up a Cubs fan and a Wrigley Field fan. You know, North Shore of Chicago, uh, Glenview and Winnetka and, uh, and uh, Chicago Cubs. And I still, whenever I'm in Chicago, everybody loves going to a Cubs game, right? Uh, the Sox are great uh, also as well. I was never an anti-White Sox person, but, uh, but I'm a Cubs. I'm a Cubs guy. Always been a Cubs guy. They, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, they, uh, historically growing up, they weren't doing much. You know, they weren't doing a lot. Ron Santo lived nearby. I went to grammar school with Ron Santo, great Chicago Cub legend. Uh, Ron Santo's son and I went to grammar school together. Um, but uh, that's not important now. But I was Cubs Cubs fan growing up, and I'm still, you know, uh, baseball's making it harder and harder to, to love them. But I'm, uh, you know, you still got to love baseball. Uh, it's easier at home, isn't it? Like NFL games, a lot easier at home. But uh, Wrigley Field is, is my favorite. The Nationals Park here in Washington is great. It is. Uh, but I'm, I'm still a Cubs guy. Whenever I see people with Cubs regalia and stuff, I, I'm inclined to engage them in conversation and, and uh, things. So, uh, Susan, Cubs. Maybe it is, if you're a big Sox fan, that's always a disappointing answer. But I, I, you got to love the Cubs. All right. Chris Iverson, if DeSantis got elected... Do you think he would drop the federal charges on Trump, commute his penalty, pardon Trump, or let the trial go forward and leave the penalty that uh, the judge imposes? Um, I've got to say, I think that uh, he would, I think DeSantis would, would commute. I think he would drop the charges. I think he would cancel this whole thing. I, I really do. This is all so obviously political. And again, We've got, uh, you know, yesterday, we were talking about it yesterday, but uh, President Trump with uh, looks like he's going to be facing new charges. The special counsel, Jack Smith, 
who got a sandwich yesterday. And CNN couldn't be more titillated by all that, couldn't be more excited and aroused by that. But I hope to get to that one today, too. I do think that uh, Ron DeSantis would pardon, would uh, drop charges, would stop this farce, this outrage. Uh, I think that any Republican, if President Trump decided for whatever reason that he's not running, and another Republican wins, and I think a Republican must win next year, that uh, it would be the right thing to do, because this is obviously also absurdly political. You know, the uh, ABC News has a piece today, special counsel informs Trump he is target in probe of efforts to overturn 2020 election. I could play audio for you for the rest of the hour of Democrats, uh, DNC chairman and former governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia, Terry McAuffel, and of uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, claiming that elections were stolen. Hillary Clinton said the 2016 election was stolen when she lost. She says President Trump stole the election. Terry McAuffel said the 2000 election was stolen. He said the 2004 election was stolen. And um, then, you know, they won 2008 and 2012 with Obama, so they don't contest those. And then they lost 2016, and they contest that. They contest gubernatorial elections in Georgia. They contest elections all over the place. And they stick by it, and years later still say, oh, no, 2000 was stolen, right? But if a Republican dares to raise a question, well, then the crooked Justice Department jumps in to charge you with crimes. Special, and, and the Democrats rioting. There was rioting in D.C. on Inauguration Day, President Trump. They were burning cars, attacking storefronts and banks, uh, attacking people, going to inaugural balls, assaulting people. The Democrats, no big deal. So uh, ABC says special counsel Jack Smith has informed former President Donald Trump by letter that he is a target of his investigation into efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Don't ju Just don't challenge anything because the Democrats say so. So the letter, uh, which sources said was transmitted to Trump's attorneys in recent days, it was Sunday night. Everybody knows when it was. ABC News, bunch of loser Democrat stenographers. So... The uh, target letter mentions three federal statutes, conspiracy to commit offense. That's the charge, apparently. I, the Democrats do that every day. That's what they get out of bed to do. Or defraud the United States, comma, deprivation of rights under color of law. That, that's apparently a law, deprivation of rights under color of law. And tampering with a witness, victim, or an informant. Sources familiar with the matter told ABC News. Uh, I got to tell you, they, they couldn't be more vague, more nebulous, more political. And DeSantis or any other Republican would do away with them, I, I firmly believe. I certainly would. Any reasonable person would. This is political. It's politics by other means. Politics by law enforcement. John asks, have you considered moving down to Florida or are your roots too deep in D.C.? Um, I, I, you know, everyone kind of wants to move to Florida. There are a lot of reasons to move to Florida. You got the weather, you got Ron DeSantis, you got rational people, you got beaches all over the place at the Gulf of Mexico and the Atlantic Ocean. And, and there are all kinds of great places to live in Florida, um, on the Miami side and, and up the coast and got friends in Satellite Beach and Cocoa Beach and, uh, and, and I've got friends in uh, Del Rey which is great. And uh, Newsmax has operations down there as well. 
and it's a great part of the state north of Miami. I like South Beach. I like Miami. I like the islands. Uh, you know, the, I mean, there are great islands, and Star Island and, and those places, incredible places. All kinds of great. But the, the, and I got to say, I love the Naples side. I like the Panhandle. Destin, the beach is there and most beautiful. Um, you know, we vacation there. Key West, we just had a great friend, uh, Brad, call in from Key West. And Key West, the Keys are great. Got friends down there. Uh, in the Keys. Cal Thomas, great columnist uh, in the Keys now. Wonderful place. Love to move down there. But I've got to say uh, that my my roots are pretty deep here. And my best girl and I and her career is here and my career is here. My job is here. It, it could move, but it's here. And uh, now I've got two jobs here. But, you know, that doesn't mean Florida's out of the question. But I am dug in pretty deep here. Dug in pretty deep. Got family friends, jobs, home, you know, like where you live and all that stuff, um, condo, <laughs> all that. All that's possible. All Raw asks, would love to hear more about your mother, Chris. Is she still around? How did she put up with all you boys? What was she like? Any good stories about her? Well, she's uh, truly, uh, she, um, she uh, departed in 2001. A couple of months, uh, it was uh, July of 2001 that my mother died. Uh, lung cancer, uh, smoker. She was uh, a wonderful, wonderful woman. Grew up in uh, New York and Chicago, born in Chicago. Her father was in the radio business. And so my, and he was famous on the radio. My grandfather, Patrick Henry Barnes, her father, from uh, 1924, he got the first show named after him. In fact, next year, my family will have been uh, on the air nonstop for 100 years. My family, my grandfather, my mother. And my mother was in the radio business from the time she was seven years old, broadcasting from New York, the New Amsterdam Theater, Times Square. I have uh, some recording of at least one recording of my mother and her father on the radio. My mother was a radio personality as a child, uh, doing radio theater and things. And uh, she was a great character, Irish Catholic uh, woman, wonderful, wonderful person. Um, six sons, all loved her very, very much. Uh, how she put up with us, I will never know because we really put her through the ringer big time. And uh, an amazing woman, you know, married uh, my father, Jules Ortega Jr., uh, had four boys with Jules Ortega Jr. Jules Ortega Jr. died when I was five months old. My mother was 32, left a widow with four boys, uh, ages five months to five years old. Uh, my mother went back to work. She worked in television. She, uh, um, When I was a little boy, after my father died, we were living in New York. We moved to Milwaukee. My mother went back on television, WISN, uh, in Milwaukee, where she met my stepfather, who came in as a new reporter, Bill Plant. Um, and uh, they got married in New York, New York. We moved back to New York. And um, uh, two, more, two more sons with Bill Plant. And uh, they were married for seven years and got divorced. My mother, my mother was a uh, force of nature. She was a powerhouse. She was the greatest. And I think about her every day, every single day, very fondly, very positively. Um, and so, uh, and there are lots of stories I could tell about her, but you know, it's only a three hour uh, radio show. She was the greatest. I can tell you that, uh, when we were, uh, uh, young teenagers, we got her a trophy 
uh, was a race car trophy with a car on the top, like a 55 Chevy on the top of the trophy. And, um, and we had it inscribed uh, to our mom, Barbara Plant, uh, the world's greatest chauffeur. Because she had to drive us all for our sports, six boys and uh, sports and all that stuff. And imagine she spent a lot of time in the car driving us from place to place. So we got a trophy, uh, world's greatest chauffeur. And uh, she was the greatest, greatest mother I ever had. And uh, she really was one of the greats. Hey, do you have odors in your home that you just can't get rid of? Well, now you can get rid of any stinky odor with the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm gets rid of strong odors from cooking, cigarettes, smoke, litter boxes, trash cans, even smelly mildew from the basement. No match for the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. The thunderstorm starts working in seconds to clear any room of odor. You can hold one in your hand. It's about this big. You know, honestly, it's just it's not a big old piece of furniture, and there are no costly filters to have to replace on a schedule again and again. No filters. More than 350,000 units already sold. Thousands of five-star reviews online. You can find them for yourself. Works like a champ. I've got two at home myself right now. And during this week, I've got a great deal for you. To own your own thunderstorm, now you can save $200 when you buy three Eden Pure Thunderstorms for whole home protection. Give ones in a gift. Uh, put one in your teenager's room. That's three units for under $200. All you have to do is go to EdenPureDeals.com, put in the discount code CHRIS. That's me. I'm saving you $200 today. That's EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is CHRIS, plus shipping is free. Come on. What a deal. That's right. Our dear mother. We love her. In fact, the uh, anniversary of her passing is just a couple of days away, and we will all make note of that. Hey, it's Chris Plant, excited to tell you about our July 2024 Listener Sea Cruise. We'll be sailing around the British Isles, visiting Scotland and Ireland. Please join us. Book by this July 31st for extra savings. Visit ChrisPlantCruise.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Ah, yes. And Runner76 asks, what is Chris Christie's goal? If you read his social media posts, you'd guess he was a Democrat. Yeah, it's all about him. That's what it is. Let's get to lots of stuff because there's lots of stuff to get to. Boy, is there a lot of stuff to get to. Man, oh, man. Uh, corruption is everywhere. It's everywhere. Death count, Wuhan, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, mysterious million-dollar prize, the lies about the Supreme Court. Everywhere you turn, everywhere you look, it's, uh, it's madness out there. Madness, I say. 
Uh, let's get to uh, well, I quite I kind of didn't do uh, full justice to runner seventy six. What is Chris Christie's goal? You read his social media, you'd guess he's a Democrat. Um, he hates President Trump very much. He's very angry with uh, President Trump, and he resents him for a whole lot of reasons. And he likes to attack him. And he has a platform. But here's the thing. His platform also elevates him and, and keeps him current uh, so he can get paid by media organizations and, and boards of directors and, and things like that. Um, it elevates his standing, his stature, his profile. And that's good for his career, such as it is. And money, you know, in the end, it's about money and ego because politicians are all uh, pretty much all ego cases, too. That's uh, one of the things about about politics. But with Chris Christie, he knows he's not going anywhere in the presidential race and the Republican ranks. Don't be ridiculous. But uh, let's go to uh, let's go to um, President. You want to go to President Trump? Let's you know, let's let's go to President Trump. He was on a, a town hall on the Fox News Channel on the Sean Hannity program last night. Uh, by the way, their big Fox News launch last night was a dud in the ratings. Did you did you catch that? Former President Trump, this this show did well this hour with President Trump. Uh, President Trump last night, um, uh, 9, p.m. East, 9 p.m. Eastern time on uh, the Fox News channel with Sean Hannity at a town hall in Iowa. I got the letter on Sunday night. Think of it. I don't think they've ever sent a letter on Sunday night. And they're in a rush because they want to interfere. It's never been done like this in the history of our country, and it's a disgrace. What's happening to our country whether it's the borders or the elections or kinds of things like this, where the DOJ has become a weapon for the Democrats, an absolute weapon. Uh, President uh, Trump, and, and it's true, I, I commented on this yesterday. Wait a minute. It, the, the Justice Department was working on Sunday, the special counsel, and they delivered this on Sunday night. That's really what we're talking about here? Um, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Why is that? Well, they're... Uh, true believers. They've got an axe to grind here. And, uh, you know, that's your that's your Democrat Party. President Trump. Yeah, Sunday night. Sunday night. Any, anybody ever hear of that before? No, that's not really, really how they work uh, ordinarily. Uh, President Trump. Um, and uh, he's like, you know, listen, uh, they come after me and it it accrues to my benefit, to my advantage. Every time they they uh, launch another one of these crooked, extrajudicial ambushes, it it helps me out. And it seems that every time my polls, you know, we're leading by a lot, and we're leading by a lot in a place called Iowa, a lot, where the town hall is. And not only with the Republicans, but we're leading against Biden by a tremendous amount. They haven't seen anything like it, and. They feel, I guess, they want to try and demean and diminish and and uh, frighten people, but they don't frighten us because uh, we're going to make America great again. And again, the president on uh, Fox last night and Chadwick Moore tweeting out, sources at Fox are telling me that last night's much-hyped primetime reboot was a ratings disaster. Executives are panicked. Hannity lost to MSNBC's Maddow, and the 8 p.m. show only pulled in 149,000 viewers from the key demographic. Tucker Carlson routinely pulled in at least 400,000 in that key demographic. Um, Now, 
This is the uh, night before last ratings that came out yesterday, but uh, came out last night. I'm sure last night with President Trump on in the 9 o'clock that they did just fine. Um, and then, of course, there's uh, President Trump on the, well, I'm held to one standard and Joe Biden is held to a completely different standard. I'm protected by Presidential Records Act, and they come up with this obscure, crazy theory, a madman theory. This guy is a deranged prosecutor who's had tremendous failures all over the place. He's a nasty, horrible human being. They come after me. Now, they have, Biden has many, thousands. I mean, he's got 2,000, almost 2,000 boxes of documents. Yeah, but that's not a problem because, you know, the Justice Department and the FBI leadership, uh, very, very corrupt. Uh, President Trump last night, and uh, he was great. He was looking great. He was sounding great. It, uh, the place was packed to the rafters. It was, it was a great uh, kind of classic Trump event. And you heard somebody uh, yelling back there, uh, people feel like they can talk to Trump even when they're in a crowd. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> and he has a conversation with you a lot of times. And... Uh, you know, Democrats don't do that. Of course, Joe Biden can't hear anything. He's too busy nodding off in the Oval Office while trying to read his cue cards, meeting with the Israeli president. All right, let's go to CNN. The headlines are everywhere. CNN's headline, WATCH, in all capital letters, colon, Special Counsel Jack Smith spotted outside Washington, D.C. sandwich shop. That's an actual CNN headline. As he was leaving a Subway restaurant, Special Counsel Jack Smith declined to comment when asked by CNN about the target letter he sent to Donald Trump and whether his office is preparing to indict the former president. So CNN couldn't have been more excited about this. Now, how they had a camera crew outside of a Subway sandwich shop um, and the next headline uh, from Newsweek magazine, CNN mocked for saying Jack Smith's $5 Subway order was a message to Trump because the dimwits, and I, and I know these people, and I used to work with these people, and, and it's very embarrassing for all of them, <laughs> but not for me because I left just in time. Uh, but here is uh, Manderson Pooper, uh, very excited that the special counsel, Jack Smith, went and got a sandwich at a Subway sandwich shop. This is new video that we have just been getting into CNN special counsels. That's Jack Smith getting lunch at Subway, spotted on this historic day coming out of a Washington, D.C. subway. It's a historic day, and uh, it's very exciting. He's coming out of a Washington, D.C. subway. Then John King is on the set with Dana Bash. Now, interestingly enough, John King's ex-wife is Dana Bash, and Dana Bash's ex-husband is John King. Isn't that odd? And still they're sitting there on the set, and uh, they couldn't have been, they, they, they're trying to overinterpret this. A, uh, a man got a sandwich, and they're looking for some sort of divine meaning in all of this because it's, it's like a religious cult. Jack Smith going to Subway today is a message to Donald Trump. That was it Jack is? Smith with no words and a simple $5 sub in his hand saying, I'm here, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, the imagery was, uh, uh, was intentional and spoke volumes. It was intentional and spoke volumes. The imagery, the symbolism of getting a sandwich at lunchtime, uh, a tortured overinterpretation if if I've ever seen one. And uh, John King, hey, uh, Dana, uh, what do you think about that sandwich? I don't know, John, when are you sending my alimony check? I, uh, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, it's just it's just appalling. CNN was mocked after some anchors we heard analyzing special prosecutor Jack Smith's order from a subway, uh, saying it was a message to Donald Trump. It was a message to Don that he got lunch. Is that really the point we've reached? Yes, it is. Now, Senator John Kennedy, always uh, amusing and entertaining, was on the Fox News Channel, and he was asked about CNN's excitement over Jack Smith getting a sandwich. I, I didn't think Mr. Smith going to Subway was particularly newsworthy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they had some, if they had some film of him eating Cheerios off the floor with his dog, I would find that interesting. <laughs> but just walking out of a Subway, yeah. I, I don't, I don't get the deeper meaning. Maybe it was a slow news day. Yeah, maybe you know there hasn't been a slow news day in in uh, at least a decade, I think. But uh, great uh, Senator John Kennedy eating Cheerios off the floor with his dog—that'd be interesting. Yeah, getting a sandwich and walking out of a sandwich shop. And I didn't hear anybody ask him. I saw the video. I didn't. CNN said we asked him was a you know something about uh, Trump. Are you going to indict him? I didn't even see that. Um, but he was getting a sandwich, and these clowns try to turn it into. Uh, just uh, crazy. And then CNN, they've got disgraced former FBI official who is a, a liar. We know him to be a liar to abuse his uh, position at the FBI. So naturally, he was immediately hired by CNN. And CNN wanted to talk to him yesterday about, about everything because he's a liar. And so are they. There are some basic charges that are uh, more presentable, easier to understand to the jury, and those would, of course, include conspiracy charges, obstructing official proceedings. There are charges around insurrection. Those are just three of the potentials. I can think of about another maybe uh, three or four that are also possibly on the, on the radar here. Yeah, yeah. Now, the media, just a, a little demonstration of how completely insane the news media is. MSDNC uh, yesterday. Uh, where they pay people to be ridiculous, um, they uh, they just uh, hate Trump. And you got uh, Morning Joke in here, and you got this fake uh, uh, former presidential historian Michael Beschloss, and uh, they're all they're all just uh, the the Trump derangement syndrome has not abated at all. If this didn't send a chill down the spine of those who care about democracy, I really don't know what would. This is textbook fascism. If you love Mussolini, you will love what Donald Trump is talking about for 2025. Donald Trump, the first major candidate in American history to say outright, I want a presidential dictatorship. Now, all of that, everything was a lie there. And Benito Mussolini described fascism since uh, 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 Eugene Robinson brought it up. Uh, uh, fascism is a merger of state and corporate power. And the Democrat Party has merged with the American information oligarchs and the media outlets. And, and that is, uh, they don't need locomotives and airplanes. They need to control the information, Twitter and Facebook and, and the network news and the cable news. And that's the fascism that we have in America. It is. Uh, and then Ann Applebaum, longtime former Washington Post reporter and um, now other media people. This is a playbook that's designed to destroy whatever checks and balances there are in the system to remove potential uh, critics, ombudsmen, anybody who can check presidential power. It's also designed to remove experts. <laughs> uh, President Trump. Uh, there was some discussion that they're going to need to find a way so the president can remove federal government employees 
who are wheedled deep into the bureaucracy and are doing the corrupt work of the Democrat Party instead of the work of the American people. Now, the president can't actually fire most government employees. His political appointees he can, but the bureaucrats, you know, FDR was anti-government union, but now the government unions are so powerful that even the president can't fire, you know, the uh, the, the various uh, bureaucratic weasels that are that are destroying America. Now let's go to let's go to um, and uh, yeah, listen to the rhetoric. You know, the fascism and Mussolini and what? Because the president should be able to fire federal government employees that are corrupt and abusing their positions. Yet that's fascism. Uh, they they use the words, but they don't know what they mean. Now let's go to Jason Aldean because this is a fun story. Jason Aldean is a uh, country music star. My best girl and I saw him at, I think it was Wolf Trap. And Jason Aldean catches heat for racist pro-gun lyrics, a modern lynching song. The left-wing Daily Beast has the headline. And uh, here's the song. It's called um, In a Small Town. It's uh, Try That in a Small Town, it's called. Support somebody on the sidewalk Carjacking old lady at a red light Try that in a small town. See how far you make it down. So now he's being accused of pushing a lynching song based on absolutely nothing because the lyrics of the song, what he's talking about is all the violent crime we're seeing in particular in big cities across America, uh, Democrat-run cities where the Democrats are pro-criminal and anti-police. They're pro-violent crime, at least based on their policies, you might conclude that, and you might be correct. And you've got the Cheryl Crows of the world jumping up and saying, oh, it's a lynching song. He's advocating violence against people. He's doing the opposite of that, as a matter of fact, the polar opposite of that. He's singing about all the videos that we've all seen, uh, or most of us have seen, apparently not Cheryl Crow, sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk again and again, including like, who was that Hollywood actor guy in New York getting punched in the face? by crazy people, carjack an old lady at a red light, pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. Y'all think that's cool. Well, y'all act like a fool, right? Cuss out a cop, spit in his face, stomp on the flag, light it up. Yeah, you think you're so tough. Well, try that in a small town. That's the song, right? See how far you make it down the road. And that's, oh, he's advocating violence. Well, no, he's advocating uh, a world where you guys don't carjack an old lady at a red light, uh, sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk, pull a gun on a liquor store owner, uh, cuss out a cop and spit in his face. That's what he's advocating. He's advocating uh, civility. Civilization is what he's advocating. And the left becomes furious with him because they are the sponsors, the backers. This is their way of providing support to all of the people he's describing that sucker punch people on a sidewalk or in a, a subway in New York and throw them in front of the train. And he's the villain of the story because the Democrat Party has gone completely insane. And Cheryl Crow slams and all the media, they're attacking him for his song. Country Music Television actually pulled the video because it became so controversial. 
I think they're kind of going the Bud Light way. You see Charles Barkley on the Bud Light thing, Dre. He came and he was he cursed too many times to use the video, but um, using the F word all over the place, you know. Yeah, nobody, uh, Charles gets this one wrong. I love Charles Barkley, but he got this one wrong. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Cheryl Crow, I, you know, I, hopefully she won't fall victim to the criminals that the Democrats are putting on the street. You know, uh, who was it in L.A.? The rapper said, uh, wait till you see it. Yeah, it was, it was a Finney set. That's right. That they're going to wreck L.A. because they're putting all the criminals back on the street. Nobody called him uh, a racist or a lynch mobber. Uh, Jason Aldean's song went to number one today. He's right. 99% of Americans agree with him. The rest are criminals. Uh, Democrat members of Congress are boycotting the uh, speech by the president of Israel to a joint session of Congress because they hate the Jews. See, that's the thing about them. And uh, AOC is one of them, and... and, uh, Ayanna Presley and on all these uh, lefties, the radicals, the extremists that are really all over the place in the Democrat Party. They love looting and all kinds of nasty things. Um, and there was uh, early this morning on the on the cable television, uh, you know, and, and Pramila Jayapal is, uh, is playing the victim here. Oh, sure, the only people you're calling out are women who are black, brown, and immigrant. Well, you're the only ones who are spewing anti-Semitism. So that's why you're being called out. Uh, It has nothing to do with your melanin levels or your genitalia. You're the anti-Semite. Rabbi Arya Lightstone was on the Fox News channel this morning talking about the United States and Israel. It was much better under Trump. We like to call it the unbreakable bond. I think the Democrats are testing that theory. Indeed, is it unbreakable? The fact that nine Uh, Democrats voted or abstained from voting to declare that Israel is not a racist state and then we'll be boycotting the visit of the president of Israel to speak to joint sessions of Congress is truly unprecedented. Truly unprecedented. He talked about how Jews are under attack in the United States um, and remarkable and alarming levels. And uh, he knows who's behind it, too. Um, And it's and it's the Democrats. Sorry to say. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.